Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Beauty and the Beast Physical Therapy and Strength Conditioning Podcast. A couple days before Christmas, I'm joined as always by my co-host, Dr. Ross Childs. How's it going, everyone? Hope everyone's enjoying the uh, countdown to Christmas. And sounds like we're getting some some more snow before that, followed by some rain and then a deep freeze. So uh, I'd like to say I'm jacked up for Christmas, but uh, I don't know this weather's kind of dragging me down. How's uh, how's all your Christmas shopping going? Good. I'm pretty much done at this point. I need to I need to like go home, list it out, make sure there's nothing I'm forgetting. But I think so I'm pretty that much means done. Christmas Eve, you're gonna forget something. Oh, I guarantee. Yeah, I guarantee I'm gonna get home. I'm gonna go lay everything out and be like, I'm gonna be missing somebody. Or in in high school and early my early twenties, I used to always Christmas shop on Christmas Eve because most people would be home. Yeah. And then surprisingly, uh, year after year, it just seemed to be there were a lot of males out on Christmas Eve. Uh, yeah. You know, we'd just walk past each other. We'd give the nod. <laughs> it's, chances are they forgot to buy stuff, so they were out getting it. Right. I would just be out kind of not being out with the crowd. So I, I always thought that was funny, but I try to be a little better now and, and not wait till the last minute. But now I guess everyone's doing Amazon and all that. So I guess there's never a bad time. Right. But... Uh, I'll be glad when it's over. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't have a child, I don't think I'd care about Christmas. Really? Yeah, I mean, I like Christmas Day itself, but to me it's very similar to Thanksgiving. You know, yeah. you get with family or hopefully, um, you know, you eat food, you have fun. and um, But everything that Christmas has built up to be around it, mm. eh, I could do without that. You know, especially when people start celebrating in like July. Um, I have an issue with that, so uh, I'll be. A, I won't. Let me rephrase it this way: I won't be sad when it's behind us. Oh. So that'll that'll be safe. Um, all right, guys. So last week we had some good feedback from our uh, naughty list for exercises, and again, just because we put them on that list doesn't mean that they are bad to do. We can always find benefits uh, some way or another. Um, today we're going to continue that naughty list. Today's part two where we're specifically going to be talking about uh, foods. So taking more of the nutrition route. Now, I'll, I'll preface all this by saying there's probably going to be a lot more uh, wiggle room with what we say with nutrition because uh, it really comes down to eating philosophies, eating styles. Um, you know, do you have any type of digestive issues, you know, food sensitivities? So this one's not going to be as easy as, as the exercise one. So there's probably going to be a little bit more gray when we give our explanations. But, um, you know, again, this is all in, in good fun. So I'll be interested to see what we, what we come up with. Yeah, I think that this one is definitely going to be a little bit more. Um, so a lot of what I plan to kind of come at it with mine are in relation to so, like, where last week was fairly simple. Like, this epi- this exercise, excuse me, is stupid. I don't think it should be done. There's no reason for it. There's a thousand better exercises, so on and so forth. When it comes to nutrition, people can be so unbelievably different in how their bodies function. Correct. That I really don't... <clears throat> I don't really have a major issue with any specific way of eating at its base. It's how people apply it that I tend to get... I don't know if upset is quite, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm crying about no. it, but that, that I, bothers me is a better way to put it. When someone's so dogmatic about one way of eating, that's what I have an issue with. Right. You know, for the person that comes out and says, don't eat fruit, they're bad for you. 
well, again, bad is subjective. Right. You know, plus there are a lot of nutrients from it. People that come out and say meat's bad for you. Really? Is it? You know, people that say that plant-based eating is, is the best for you. If it works for you, it works for you. Right. I'm, I'm not here to tell you yes or no. Um, you know, so the, the foods that I picked today, they're not always bad for us, but I think a lot of us forget common sense. Mm-hmm. And, and so there, there's going to be a little bit more explanation behind my answers yeah. compared to last week. So, all right, do you want to start us off? Why don't you, I think I went first last week, so why don't you go first this week? You did. All right. Well, this one's probably a, a stronger, if we, if we had a spectrum of, of go versus no go, I'd probably say this one's closer to the no-go side, but I'll, I'll talk about my my gray area. First and foremost, I just have to diet soda. Mm-hmm. Soda in general is bad, but let's talk about the people that think they're doing self there's some favors with diet soda. Like take soda off the list to begin with. But when when you take a net, I, I say a natural sugar, but when you take sugar and then put in lower no calorie sugar substitutes that are chemically derived that that's what i have a major issue with because really if you think about it what's that doing to our systems we don't know long term i would just much rather see people get off of it altogether so you have people will say you know i went to mcdonald's but at least i got diet soda it's like at that point that diet soda is not doing anything for you and I used to drink soda in the past, and in my mm-hmm. experience, diet soda tastes like shit. Yeah. You get that gross aftertaste from the phenylalanine, and which can cause headaches in a lot of people as well. Um, a lot of them used, uh, what the hell was it? Acesulfame. Aspartame. Oh, Aspartame and potassium. potassium, yep. Yeah. So, you know, again, that that's what leaves the gross aftertaste. So, for me... I think people use diet soda the wrong way. If someone said, I'm going to try to kick soda, yeah, but I'm going to go diet soda first and then eventually wean off of it, great. I'm happy for you. But for the people that are thinking that's their healthy change and they're going to adopt that change forever, get rid of it. If you like the carbonation, switch to seltzer or spring water. Mm-hmm. It, it's just... Or even those carbonated soda maker thingies that you yep. can buy. You know what's actually pretty good and I've gone on a little bit of a kick and it some of the some of the meos and stuff have a little bit of that stuff in there. So it's not like a perfect, but if you get just not not tonic water, not club soda, but just like sparkling water. Um or like you know like uh like Perrier or something yeah. like that and you put a little bit of that in there, it's it's pretty good and it gives you cuz I like that carbonation. Yeah. You know, but Perrier, huh? You must be in a different tax bracket. Yeah, right. No, that's the uh, cheapest sparkling uh, water that they have at Market uh, Basket. <laughs> you kidding me? I don't even buy it that often because say, it feels you, like a. You, you actually have actual Kleenex in your car compared to napkins. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so diet soda. You know, again, it, as long as it's someone's weaning themselves off of regular soda to then transition away to something healthier. Fine. It's a short-term strategy, but when someone says this is my healthy choice and I'm going to stick with it forever, I, I just I can't get on board with that one. It's it tastes gross and and who knows what it's doing to our insides. And um, how do you feel about diet soda? I I feel very similarly the way you do. I think if it's a 
if it's a if it's an uh, a mediary step, a middle step, like to try and get off of soda entirely, yeah. I think it's a good. I think it's a good solution. To, assuming that you don't, again, you're not like getting headaches from any of the additives or any of that sort of thing. But um, I think that the other reason that it's it, most people that have that mindset, they kind of go from they know soda's not good for. I mean, everybody knows that soda's not good for them at this point. Like we all saw. Uh, what was the name of the the Morgan Spurlock Supersize Me? Yeah. Granted, that was that was you know, but there was a lot of soda and stuff involved in that too. But we all know at this point that soda is not great for us. Everybody has heard it a thousand times. It doesn't. But people see soda as like, okay, I'm back. I'm down to diet soda now. I can just like everything else can be whatever I want it to yep. be. It's uh, in my experience, it's rare that someone drops a diet soda in a way that's not just to get off it entirely, but they just like choose, okay, I'm drinking diet soda forever now. Yeah. And but also have all the rest of their nutrition dialed in. You know what I mean? It's almost like a um well I know that I'm not eating healthy, so if I drink if I switch a diet soda, will you leave me the hell alone yeah. then? You know, yeah. like that kind of I that's a little bit more an uh animosity than real. But just to get an idea of what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I kind of... I, I agree with you. All right. Perfect. You're up. So, I went a little bit differently. Um, I actually went kind of like ways of eating over specific... Oh, good. I went specific foods. Okay, good. So, we'll have a... And this is the reason that I laid this out in the beginning because I know some of these things are things you do and things that we've talked about and things I've done in the past and I know people do them and have great success but when it specifically relates to fat and weight loss why I don't like them and the first one is IF intermittent fasting mm-hmm. and the reason that I don't like it in for somebody that is trying to habitually lose weight lose fat whatever you want to put with is and I'm talking like I'm not talking you know, I eat between 12 and 8, or I eat in 12 or 8-hour windows. I'm talking about, I, like, the IF where you eat in an 8-hour span, then you don't eat for 36 hours, and then you eat in it, like, is because most people that I've dealt with that are doing intermittent fasting are trying to lose tons of weight, and it's just a, it's just a way of getting away with extreme calorie restriction without saying that you're doing extreme calorie restriction mm. for these people. Again, not everybody. There are all kinds of great benefits to intermittent fasting. Sure. It's great for control over things you eat. A lot of people that I've I've worked with have said, okay, I'm going to try and fast for a couple days, and it has helped them gain some. They've come out of it feeling like, oh, I can go through a day or two without having sweets, or I can go, yep. like I actually can gain control over this. And there's all kinds of benefits to fasting and all that sort of stuff. But in my experience, when I have somebody that says, I only eat one meal a day, and we're going through months of me saying, okay, you're only, you've been eating one meal a day, and your body fat and your weight isn't going. You tell me every month that you want to lose body sure. fat, but it's not changing. It's like, it, well, if, it may not be working for you. Well, and, and I think inherently, you know, we look at fasting, it's something that we've done from a physiologic standpoint forever. Um, you know, really rooted in basically all religions is some form of fasting. So fasting is inherently good for us. 
you know, like everything else that we do, we, we typically, as a society, we screw it up somehow. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've typically found, we've talked about before, I've, I've, I fast, I haven't eaten today, and I don't plan on eating till after I work out. And I've done 24-hour fasts, I've done 36-hour fasts, I've done a 54-hour fast. Mm-hmm. Um, do I recommend that for everyone? No. Um, there are a lot of great benefits to it, but specifically I want to talk about how people usually fuck it up. Yeah. Um, because there are the people that, fine, don't do it, and there are the people that, fine, do it. Um, you know, one of my friends reached out and said, hey, would you do a 24-hour with me? You know, I think it's it's better having someone there that I can lean on. Yeah, sure, no problem. Because for me, by the time I'm done with my work day, it's already like 21 hours in. What's another three hours? But where I think people fail is they'll they'll skip meals, they'll fast, and they think that allows them to eat shit food on the other end. Mm-hmm. So I think that to me, like... There are plenty of people that, oh, I won't eat anything on Thursday, won't eat anything Friday morning, I'll go out with my friends Friday, I'll have pizza, I'll have wine, I'll have this, I'll, that, you are messing things up. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people that do it and get away with it, which is fine, but that is not the norm. You can't, you can't dump bad shit back into your system and expect your body to run optimally. Right. The other way that I think people fail is one, because of that condensed eating window, they're not eating the right foods for them and they're not taking in, or, or there's, there's a couple different parts to this. So if it sounds confusing, let me know. They're not taking in the right foods for them. Mm-hmm. They are not taking in enough calories. Mm-hmm. They're also not getting the nutrients that their bodies actually need. So when people recognize that, I think fasting can be used appropriately. People that only eat one meal a day, they've recognized what it takes for their body to need the nutrients that they get, how to absorb them, and they're using them appropriately. That's not your average person that's just going to jump right in because they heard about this person that did fasting and all of a sudden they lost 60 pounds. That's not the way that fasting works, and it never was meant to be that way. Mm -hmm. You know, They started using it medically, so medical fasting with diabetics and people with renal disease from diabetes, you know, going on five, six, ten day fasts, oh, next thing you know, their their renal function's getting better, their insulin sensitivity goes, you know, way up, so their resistance goes down. And it was almost like their metabolism reset. That's for a very that's a one substrata of individuals, but then we took it and applied it to the entire population, and this is where we're at. So and and it's just if, if you eat one time a day and you're only eating 100 calories, you're going to mess your body up. If you fast and only eat one time a day and eat 3,000 calories worth of shit, you're going to mess your body up. Right. Just stay somewhere in the middle right there and don't fast every single day. You know, uh, the, uh, Have you watched the, the Disney Plus documentary Limitless? Not Chris yet. Hemsworth? I want to. I Amazing. haven't watched it yet. Um, and I think it'll change your mind a little bit about what fasting is. Um, there's a doctor on there that goes over the, the benefits of fasting. That's why a lot of people have been asking me about it. Now, is fasting great to do when you're trying to work on fitness and sports performance? Maybe at times throughout the year, but it's not something that I would have someone do. If, if their goal is to, to gain 10 pounds of muscle, yeah. fasting's out. No, nope. you, yeah. you physically cannot take in enough calories to make it worth it. Right. It, it just, it's messed up. But I just see... 
you know, it's like it's like keto. Keto's not inherently bad for us. People then took it, ran with it, and made it bad. Yeah. You know, think about Atkins when it came out. The whole premise of Atkins was basically keto, but what people didn't understand was, okay, I'll take all the carbs out, I'll increase my fats a little bit, and then they have this huge caloric deficit, so they lost a lot of weight in a short period of time, they started the reintroduction phase, and they gained it just like that. Well, they tank their metabolism. Right. You know, if you're going to drop your calories from one of the macronutrients, you have to fill it in somewhere else. Right. You know, really the goal is to figure out your caloric needs. If you want to add muscle, add 500 calories. If you want to lose body fat, then you can take away 500 calories. It, it's it's not rocket science, but it, it does come down to the ability to absorb the nutrients. You know, basically what's your, your resting metabolic rate. Um, you know, and, and we've talked about before, you know, what... What do I use fasting for? Because even my mother will ask me, you know, your, your goal is not, are you trying to lose weight? No, I'm not trying to lose weight. So then why do you fast? And it's because I'm giving my body a break. That's all I'm doing. So, and then you'll learn more about the whole process, autophagy and stuff like that. And basically it ramps up your body's way to kill bad cells in your body so that they can't mutate and, and multiply. So um, that's really my process. And they, they've looked at longevity and have showed that as we get older, the less calories take in correlates with, with longevity. So, you know, that's not today's topic and we don't have to get too far into that, but I do agree with you on your initial topic. I went way offhand with it, that IF is, is not a good strategy for most people because they're gonna screw it up. Mm -hmm. So if people are going to use it, they need to educate themselves. They should talk to someone who knows what they're talking about before jumping right in because it is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. You know, you set yourself up for failure because you're not eating enough, you're not eating the right foods, you screw up your metabolism, probably gonna lead to a thyroid dysfunction, which probably is gonna lead to an adrenal dysfunction. Next thing you know, you're cold all the time, your hair's thinning out, you have no appetite. And it, I basically just listed off anyone that does crash dieting, they have felt every single one of those yeah. symptoms. You know, myself included back in the day when I didn't know what to do. Yep. So. I didn't mean to get that. No, that's fine. Like I said, I think this, like we, you said and I said too, this is going to be a lot more, I think, discussion than last week is. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've read, you know, I've read multiple books on, I mean, a few. I shouldn't say multiple. Like I've read like 30. But I've read a few books on intermittent fasting and um, oh, what's the one that I read that was really, the obesity code yeah. was good. And I that's when I started doing intermittent fasting is after I read the obesity code. And, but I was doing it at the time thinking about it as a weight loss technique. So it, there were good, there are positives that I noticed, but when your goal going into it is weight loss and then weight loss doesn't really happen, it's, you don't really notice as much of the other things. Like at first I would notice things, you know, yeah. I'd have more energy in the morning and stuff like that. And I, I definitely have seen the positives and all that sort of stuff. It just, it irks me when somebody who doesn't even have a really firm grasp on what, on what their basic relationship with food and nutrition is and their way of solving that issue that they can't, it, cause those people, basically what they're doing is they're just taking calorie restriction and they're saying, Oh, I can call it intermittent fasting and just take my calorie restriction to an extreme. Yeah. You know, it's it's like 
okay, I understand that I can't only eat 1,200 calories a day and are under 1,200 calories and I'm not just going to keep losing weight. And I know it's going to be a problem if I do that. But what do you think about intermittent fasting? It's like, no, you're just you're just coming up with another way to eat 800 calories a day yeah. without saying that you're eating 800 calories a day. Not everybody, just the people that yeah. I've dealt with, yeah. You know, and I, I always like to point out, and I actually just had this discussion today with, with a patient because she's surprised to hear that I, I don't eat breakfast most days. But as a, as a species, and again, people can say, well, well back the, the cavemen didn't live here and live that. They didn't live very long. Well, they also had, you know, predators chasing <laughs> yeah. them all the time. They had infections. They didn't have medicine for They didn't have medical science. And there are plenty of, of native tribes still in, in the world that they're finding now that people are living to their 70s, 80s, and 90s. Some of them they don't even know because they don't keep birth records. Mm-hmm. But if we were supposed to eat all the time, like the six small meals a day thing, right. we would have never lasted as a species. We would have we, died out millions of years ago. Exactly. So, yeah, there, there, was never, uh, there was never market basket right down the street. You couldn't just pull up and say, oh, give me that T-Rex leg and I'll throw it on the grill. You know, they may have been out for three days hunting, had to bring it all back, had to prepare it, and then it was consume what you can because you don't know when you're going to eat again. So there are some genetic components to it on why we don't need to eat all the time. Now, that said, if someone's going to try to be a power lifter or an Olympic lifter or anything performance-based... The worst thing that you can do is not eat for three days. Yeah. So, and that's, again, there's a, there's a time and a place for this. All right. What's your next one? All right. So, the next food that I usually say that, you know, it's called a health food, but it's not necessarily a health food is wheat bread. Now, the mm-hmm. reason I say wheat bread is because this was a marketing ploy a long time ago. Typically, we have to see it called whole wheat in order to know that it's, it's really wheat. So what they did a long time ago is they really just put some caramel coloring into white bread, called it wheat, and then jacked up the price. Now, that's the first thing that I have wrong with it. Know what you're buying. In today's world, consumers are a lot more uh, intelligent when it comes to that, so I don't think that's the case. Now, where it gets a little tricky is when you look at the breakdown of white bread and wheat bread into your blood sugar, it's really the same rate. It's it's the the changes in it are not statistically significant. So what are you actually using the wheat bread for? Well, people will then say the fiber. Okay, then it breaks down to uh, soluble versus non-soluble fiber. We're going to get non-soluble fiber from from the wheat, which everyone's so big on on fiber. Which fine deal. Some some of us may need it. Now, with fiber also comes the phytonutrients or the phytates, for example. Phytates are anti-nutrient absorption. So if you eat a piece of wheat bread and you pop a multivitamin, the phytates or the phytic acid limits your absorption of the multivitamin. So there was no point in it. So then they say, well, this is now enriched with blah, 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 blah. Well, the only problem is you're not getting any of that enrichment to begin with. So, you know, phytic acids is something that I don't think a lot of people pay attention to. So I just tell people now, listen, I don't want you to eat real bread in the first place. You know, sourdough is fermented, so there's going to be some health benefits to it. Um, if you're going to eat bread, are, are, do you specifically want fiber? Do you care? Because if not, just eat white bread. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'll usually say, have you ever taken white bread and put it in a cup of water? You know, because what happens? 
you know, oh, it sucks up all the water. I'm like, what do you think it does in our stomach? You know, of course we have hydrochloric acid to break it down, um, but that's just something I usually have them think about. But I just think wheat bread, people really need to stop and consider what they're eating it for. Oh, it's healthy for me. What's healthy for you? Is it the blood sugar component? Because we know it doesn't break down any slower. Do you really want the fiber? Okay, fine. Is it blocking your nutrient uptake? So I usually tell people, you know, if if you're not going to think about it and you just eat it because you like it, fine. Don't listen to this. But if you're saying because it's healthy, know why it's healthy in the first place. Right. It's kind of like the the health food section at the grocery store. It's like some of the stuff in there is is decent, but like if it, you know, there's usually like one side. There's like two sides to the aisle. There's the side that's all the all the slim fast type stuff that's basically just a candy bar with extra chalk added into it wrapped up in a wrapper that says <laughs> that says X new X protein company. Yeah. Um and then the other side, you know, is is I mean maybe better snack choices and stuff yeah. like that. I mean granted you're still running into like additives and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Health, but it's healthier. Healthier. But right. it's not healthy. Right. You know, it's kinda like when people say Oh, I'm buying organic chocolate chip cookies made with organic sugar. Right. Like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> it's still cookies. It's still sugar. And you're not going to enjoy them. Um, it's like, so, don't don't try to t- I'm like, you want the cookies. You want the sugar. Don't try to just throw the word organic in front right. of it and think that that means shit to me. It's like, I can, it doesn't matter how many times I see it. Every time I see it, it makes me kind of like... Come on, seriously? Every single time I in my head is just like when you walk by like a package of Twizzlers and it's like a naturally gluten-free food. It's like, <laughs> come on. Uh, like, so guys, so it's like, like it's like uh, fluff. Yeah. If you actually look <laughs> on it, it says this is a frat, uh, fat-free food. Yeah. No because shit. It's 100% sugar. That's right. It's like holy shit, that's a great marketing ploy. Uh, oh my god I mean it was something that I ate as a kid and uh, you know it is what it is but when I really looked at it it's like this is a fat free food I'm like I know. what uh wow they are really pulling on everyone's heartstrings yeah so I love that one all right what do you got next um so I got a couple different ones but I'll go with this one because I think that you're gonna be right on any diet in quotes or way of eating that has its foundation solely based on a supplement. Oh, absolutely. Anything along those lines. I, I won't say much in the way of names because, um, I mean, there's only one that comes to mind right now that I don't want to bring up. But I've heard of other ones in the past. There's all kinds of ones where it's like, I've had clients come up to me in the past, oh, I'm doing this. I can't even remember what the one... There was one that one client that I had a while ago. And it was... The entire thing was basically built on, um, like, multivitamins and some sort... And these, like, gel packets. I don't remember what the name of it was, but... Sounds awful. Yeah, it does. But anything that... Where your nutrition is solely coming from a supplement. There's a reason that it is called a supplement. It is meant to supplement... Your nutrition, meaning aid it, not be the basis of it. Oh, and that's that's where people get it wrong because they don't actually take take the time to think about what the supplement is supposed to do for you. Right. 
along with your whole food nutrition. So instead, they'd rather they'd rather just you know take the easy way out, take that, and then still eat like crap, or just not worry about their the actual nutrition itself. Right. You know, are there times where I'm running low on time and I just have a protein shake? Yes, and that's out of convenience. But if I have to choose between two, I'm usually having my food plus a protein shake. Right. You know, I, I I mean I take multivitamins and stuff like that, but Well right, but you're not but you're I'm the not basis base. of your nutrition is not the vitamins or the protein powder. It's no, absolutely not. It's like, you know, I know that I I use protein powder and it's mostly because like to get the amount of protein in that I need based on my body type, my training, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do that just from whole meat sources. Or like, or you know, without going drastically over on something else, yeah. you know, it's. Well, it's it's even like so. You get sick of it. Yesterday, I had a, like one point three pounds of steak, and then that comes out to about seventy five to eighty five grams of protein mm-hmm. right there. You know, do I think I could have eaten another one point three at dinner to now get into kind of that one fifty <laughs> range I'm looking at? Probably not. You know, that's what, yeah. two and a, two and a half pounds of meat. That's that's a lot of meat. So come the end of the day, it's like, uh, nope, I'm not having that. But And that's where a protein shake may come in because like, I'm not that hungry to begin with. I still want to try to hit that goal. Plus, you know, I probably couldn't have, have withstood that much food in my stomach compared to a protein shake, which will digest a little bit faster. Right. Yeah, so that's anything based on that. I mean, you know... Uh, all the nutrition places around here use a certain, or most, or most of the ones that I know of are based on a certain supplement brand. I didn't know what you're talking about. But what I like about what they've done with that is, I mean, there are still people that peddle it as like, you eat this for breakfast, you eat this for lunch, you eat this. But what a lot of these places that are popping up have started to do, and whether it's just whether it's actually a a company changing their philosophy or whether it's just a way to create another revenue stream, I don't know, but they use it as like it's a healthier alternative to like fast food or, you know, so you're you're out during the day, you don't have time to, you didn't bring lunch, you have to go get something, okay, these shakes can be a better, and that is like fine with me, like I'm the ultimate, uh, yeah. like I'm the ultimate whatever of of nutrition but that doesn't bother me the old message of this particular company where everything is supposed to be based around you know shakes and all this sort of stuff that was an issue to me yeah but so anything that anything that's like that i'm not a fan of because it's not real you you can only that's the thing is you can only keep this stuff up for so long I mean, intermittent fasting, keto, that kind of stuff. You can you can do as a lifestyle if you if it works for you. You can do it as a lifestyle forever. I think. I mean, I don't know. I I would imagine so yeah. at least. But stuff based on entirely on supplements, you can't keep that up forever. Your body will eventually start rejecting it, or God forbid that there. I mean. Nutritional supplements, we think that because they're in a store, it means they've gone through this arduous process of, you know, testing and there's, you know, all the science says this is completely safe and we know exactly what's going to happen. The truth is that 95% of the stuff that's supplement, ah, that may be a little high, but yeah. a large portion of the market in terms of supplements 
It's not FDA regu- regulated. It, you I mean they have to meet certain standards for production, mm-hmm. but the actual amounts and stuff, they don't actually know what's happening until somebody, you know, dies of ephedra or a hmm. uh, hydroxy cut or one of those, you know, things that have happened over the last 10 or 15 years. It's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be using that. Like, yeah, we that probably shouldn't have gotten through 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Never mind now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just pretty wild that, I don't know, you would think that we'd be a little more sophisticated in today's society, but... That's one of those, to me, it's one of those things where we've become, it's like a lot of things in the medical community now. It's like, just because we theoretically can come up with a way to do X doesn't mean we necessarily should. Just because we could live off of gel and packets of, you know, vitamins doesn't mean that we should live off gel and packets of vitamins. Yeah. You know, it just just because theoretically it works doesn't mean physiologically it's going to work. Right, exactly. So, all right, my last one's not necessarily one food, but it's a it's a group of foods and and this is going to be anything that that is that promotes fat free yeah. You know, we've, we've talked about over and over again how fats are not inherently bad for us. Now, we also have to break down fats into basically non-vegetable oils versus vegetable oils. And they've promoted, especially in the 80s and 90s, they really promoted vegetable oils as kind of being the, the next best thing. Don't eat butter. Um, may reduce cholesterol. So it, it didn't even show benefits. It said may. It's. I could say, eat a cupcake. It may reduce cholesterol. Now, they were also using um, basically plastic inside it, uh, hydrogenated oils. Mm-hmm. And that's basically they're injecting plastic into it to make it solidified. I don't know. That's not healthy at all. So the fact that people would still do it, and, and there's times my mother will still have that, and I, st- I yell at her. I'm like, use real butter. It's less processed. Don't worry about it. Now, when we also look at the content of fat-free, when you take out the fat, you're taking out a lot of flavor. Yeah. So what do they have to fill it with to make it taste good? Sugar. There you go. So now they, they jack it up. Then when we also look at omega fats, when something is fat-free and we have to replace it with a vegetable oil, usually what ends up happening is that changes the ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids in your body. Omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. Omega-6s are pro-inflammatory. There should be about a 1 to 1 ratio to those in our system. And unfortunately, it's more like a 1 to 10 ratio. So that there, that's, could be potentially why that we're developing food sensitivities, could have low-level systemic inflammation. You know, it could be a number of things. But it was never meant to take vegetable oils and inject it into our foods. It's just, it, it's asinine that we still do that. The last part with fat-free foods is that we have uh, fat-soluble vitamins, so vitamins A, D, E, and K. They, the only way they're transported through your system and used is with fat. So if you are not taking in fat, then unfortunately you're not using those vitamins A, D, E, and K. You, uh, vitamin D, like the most vital, it's a, it's a hormone, it's not even a, a vitamin, it's a hormone. In order for it to be synthesized in our skin, so if it comes down to enriched vitamin D that we get from either a pill or from um, enriched foods versus sun, the sun's always going to be better. Our body can use it better. 
when the sun hits our skin, it's a cholesterol substrate in our skin that then converts vitamin D into its usable form. If we do not take in fats, we cannot produce cholesterol, which then we can't use vitamin D. And these are the people that, you know, they, they oh, I, I take vitamin D, 10,000 I use, or whatever the microgram is nowadays, right. 150, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 150 for 5,000. You know, I, I take in this, I go outside, but I put my SPF 2 million on, and my vitamin D level is, is 16. Well, why do you think that is? You know, and I know plenty of people that go out in the sun, but their body doesn't know how to use vitamin D. So they still have very low levels. People don't understand that you have to take vitamin D, E, and K together. They all work together. Then they work with magnesium. Then it works with calcium. Yep. They all work together. You cannot change one without needing the rest of them. You know, unfortunately, you know, it's just vitamin D, vitamin D, vitamin D. Well, if your body can't use it, it's not worth it. But when we don't take fats in, you might as well not even take the rest of it, you know, especially those four. That's really the big thing. So, you know, between the increases in omega-6 fatty acids, the increase in sugar to make it feel better, and then also the, the inability to use vitamin D the, the way that you should because you're not taking it in, that for me is the reason why fat-free anything should be off the list. Yeah, and I don't know how, how you know, important you put it on the list too, but it also leads to bigger, the fat-free stuff, even if it's stuff that has, doesn't, they haven't added sugar to it, you still get bigger, you still get bigger blood sugar spikes and then bigger, just because, you know, the fat simply isn't there to slow down the absorption of the sugars. Correct. I mean, like, I just, just think like skim milk versus whole milk. You know, yes, there's less fat, there's less calories in skim milk than there is in whole milk. And I'm not saying that skim milk isn't like a okay alternative if you are just a like fiend for fiend for dairy milk for yeah. some reason but yeah there's like you take that fat out and you get bigger you get bigger insulin spikes you get bigger sugar spikes all that sort of stuff because a part of it's been removed anytime you add or remove something to a food a natural food mm -hmm. usually there's some sort of issue yeah Whatever holistic, however holistic it sounds, usually whatever has been provided for you has certain makeups that are going to work well with your body. Mm -hmm. I mean, assuming obviously it's not something that like will kill you, but you know, if you were to eat sugar cane, you get a much different response than just eating a tablespoon of table sugar. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like just stuff like that. It's the difference between eating five apples and drinking a glass of apple juice mm. you know it there's yeah i mean and that that, that it's common sense and right. that's the thing we talked about you know common sense isn't so common nowadays right so and that's that's the hard part um all right what do you what do you got next so my last one and this one is a little bit more nuanced and so i'll have to explain it a little bit but the calories in versus calories out is all that matters crowd. And this is becoming more and more widespread because it's a reaction to things like like what I was talking about. Intermittent fasting, keto, um, not as much intermittent fasting, I guess, but keto and all these other ones that, you know, like I think of, you were talking about Atkins earlier. 
I always think about um, there's scene from I didn't never saw the original Bad News Bears, but I saw them like the one with Billy Bob Thornton. And there's this bigger kid on the team, and he's on Atkins because he's trying to lose weight. And every scene, I think it's 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 a baseball movie. I'm pretty sure it's um, I'm pretty sure it's Bad News Bears. Anyways. And he's like, he just walks around with like baggies full of bacon yeah. and hot dogs and like, oh, I can't have pizza, but I can have his money. He's got like this plate with like yeah. 15 hot dogs on it, but no buns, but just like, and because of that, there's this like war in the nutrition coaching thing where, you know, some coaches are like, you need to eat keto. All carbs are the devil. All blah, 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 blah. This is the only way you can do it. And then... The flip side to that are all the coaches saying, doesn't really matter. It's all calories in versus calories out. It's all okay. calories in versus calories out. Which, at its basis, is true to some degree. It's thermodynamics. You burn more than you take in. And I'll continue this because I know what you're going to say. I think. If you take in less than you're burning, your body has to get that energy from somewhere, whether it be fat, whether it be muscle tissue, whatever it may be, your body has to lose weight by breaking something down yep. to get you the energy you need. The problem is, is that people still see that as, oh, so I shouldn't be eating only 300 calories under my you know, daily caloric need. If I eat 800 calories under, that means I'll lose weight faster. Correct. That's the problem. Is And I understand all the where the coaches are coming from, but it totally negates the mental portion and the understanding how food affects us and in and, and what quantities portion by just constantly railing out there that... Calories in for calories out. I don't care if it's keto. Yeah. I don't care if it's it's a, it's a very simplistic view, and I mean, again, at its at its core, it, it makes sense. It mm-hmm. just that's not the reality of it. Right. You know, it is the laws of thermodynamics. But if the laws of thermodynamics were true, then the body would use 100 calories of an apple the same way it would 100 calories of a chocolate chip cookie, and we know that it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So it really comes down to the absorption of the nutrients. You know, and it's certainly why some people, as long as they're getting their nutrients, they don't need as many calories. Right. You won't know that unless you're doing blood testing to see what your body looks for. And, you know, you'd probably have to take some type of a test to see where you're deficient in the first place. Um, you know, blood typing, a lot goes into it. So I, I think in the, you know, but even even think about even think about like high school males, for example, and, and you can throw females into there, but think about high school, the amount that you're growing and playing, just at rest, I mean, you're basically sweating in class because your body, your metabolism is just through the roof. Think about how much food you ate as a high schooler. I mean, and you still didn't necessarily gain weight at the same rate that you would that you're doing it now. So that's a time where it's like, all right, if you're burning all those calories just living, then you have to add all the calories you're burning from from playing sports and all that. That's a time where it's like, all right, you just need to shove stuff back in because you're constantly growing. Mm-hmm. We just need to be more conscious of it the older we get because it's not going to be the same as we get older. So, you know, again, there was probably one small subset 
calories in versus calorie out probably worked for because they had disordered eating to begin with. We cannot apply that to the masses though. Just It doesn't work that way. If that were the case, if, if the laws of thermodynamics were true, you could decrease 3,500 calories. So yeah, 3,500. So basically you could get rid of 500 calories a day, mm -hmm. 3,500 calories a week, and you could lose one pound a week for the rest yep. of your life. And it, it doesn't work that way. Your body will stop you from doing that at right. a certain point. You know, it's, it's why sometimes big people or bigger people will say, but I'm eating less and less, but I'm putting on weight. Well, it, it's starvation mode at its finest. You know, your, your body's basically saying, I'm not getting the nutrients I need, so I'm going to save them my own way. So there are times that it may work, but I just think that it, it's the concept of calories in versus calories out has been inherently lost on everyone. It, again, it's just like we talked about with IF. They took a concept and they fucked it up. Mm -hmm. And now we're dealing with the consequences. And I think, too, the problem with the calories in versus calories out, if you even take a pot, take the hormone and all that sort of stuff out of the equation where it can screw you up down the line, if, you, if you're too severe in your calorie restriction, is, um, is that people don't think about it on like a full week spectrum. People... We're, we're so inclined to think in 24-hour chunks in what's happening Monday and then Tuesday and then Wednesday. We almost have this like point in our mind where it's like, okay, as soon as we hit Tuesday at 12.01, the calories from Monday don't count anymore. Yep. It's just a, it's a clean slate. Yep. When realistically what happens is it's like, okay, you're too deficient Monday and then you're too deficient Tuesday and then you're too deficient Wednesday. And then Thursday, you're so hungry, tired, pissed, and whatever that you eat four pizzas and now you've added all that back in. And it's like, no, but, but those, those three days I lost three pounds. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't just Wednesday at midnight, it just didn't reset and now you can just do whatever. No, it's going to affect what you did the last three days or... Yeah. The more specific, the more um, normal example is I'm fantastic Monday through Friday and then as soon as the weekend hits, it's an all-out party until Monday morning. And you can you can outdo what – or you can uh, unravel what you did Monday through Friday by going absolutely ape shit Saturday, Sunday. Oh, binge eating. Yep. And that that's what that – calories in versus calories out and nothing else matters mindset in my experience often leads to as soon as you're you use all your willpower monday through friday and as soon as that ends you're cooked you're yeah. done yeah i mean and that's what i've talked about before i'm i'm more concerned with like 80 percent of the time i'm going to be good mm -hmm. and i've given myself that 20 percent window yep and when i look at it over the course of a year I mean, I'm probably not even using up that 20% bad stuff. Just it, I know what feels best for my body at this point. You know, are there times that I'm going to go out and have cake? Yep. But am I randomly going to go have cake? Probably not, just because I don't crave it. Right. You know, that's, you know, are there times that, that I love going to Dairy Queen? Am I going to say right now, oh my God, I'm really craving it, so I'm going to go there? No, that would be a night where it'd be like, oh, hey, we're going to 
do this, RJ, and then, hey, you know, I think tonight, you know, we'll go celebrate. We'll go pick up some some Dairy Queen. Yeah. But if he wasn't here, I, I wouldn't think about going. I'd drive by it and be like, oh, man, that place is so good. And I would just keep on going. Right. So, all right, do you have any other eating styles or anything that you want to get off your chest? No, I think we kind of, we hit on everything that I had on here in little bits and pieces, even if we didn't specifically talk about it for, like, ten minutes. But Yeah. Um, yeah, and I had, I had a couple more we could go over, but we could always do a part two to this. Um, oh, you're welcome to if you want to, but we can we can end it if you. Yeah, that's all right. Okay. I, you know, because we'll end up rambling and I'll get off track again. But uh, hopefully, you guys got something out of this. Again, Adam went more of eating style like I went for some specific foods that people call healthy that are not. So hopefully, some different takes. And again, there was a little bit more discussion this week compared to last week, where it was just don't do this. This is dumb. Um, but hopefully, again, you guys get something out of it. If you have any, any questions or you want to talk to us about any of the foods that, that were mentioned or the eating styles, we're, we're more than happy to go more in depth with this stuff. Again, we want it to be a little bit more laid back before the holidays. But all the links will be listed below. Uh, you guys know the drill. I think Ask Ross Anything is in two weeks. And you have the link to Adam's website. So if you want training, there's my full script. Um, there's an email if you have questions for us. So... You know, we try to make ourselves as accessible as can be. And again, at the end of the day, we're, we're helping you guys live happier and healthy lives. So I hope everyone has a great Christmas and we'll come back next week for another edition. We'll see you then. Bye, guys.